Buckle up. It's showtime. It's time for the green room with Sean Green. Oh, no, with the show. All right, let's do it. All righty then, let's get started. And now for the moment no one's been waiting for. Let's check this out. Welcome to the green room. We're doing it live here on ShantiGreen.com, presented by 24-7 Comedy. And of course, sponsored by Amazon. You go to ShantiGreen.com, you hit that Amazon tab. Holidays are coming up, guys. You don't need to go outside to do your holiday shopping. You don't need, really, who likes the malls? Who wants to go? Listen, Black Friday's coming up, and there's going to be a trampling death, all right? As a, as a country, we can't even... <laughs> we got to be the only country that is supposedly having this devastating economy, and yet every year, you can count on one thing, someone will be trampled. Black Friday will come around, even though online shopping is prevalent. People could be going to ShantiGreen.com, hitting the Amazon banner. But no, people are still finding a way to get trampled to death. In a way, it's almost impressive. In a way, it's impressive in the sense that... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just impressive isn't probably the most appropriate word, but... It's just mind-boggling. They're mind-boggling that someone can trample someone to death and keep running for whatever it is. I, and that, I gotta, I, I wish, I would love to uh, investigate this a little bit more and see, like, okay, the person that got whatever kind of trampling death, whatever gift they were going after, you know, kind of like. Did you still use that gift? Did you still wrap that gift? Like, let's say, obviously, if you're the one who basically trampled on the person or if you were somehow found guilty of the crime i would imagine your beanie baby or whatever was taken away from you but let's say you show up to the walmart you're not directly involved in the trampling but somehow you're kind of loosely connected to the trampling do you do you have a change of conscience do you have a moment where you go "Mm, i don't know it just feels wrong to give you this tickle me Elmo, knowing that, that someone had to die for this, someone had to die for a tickle me Elmo. There are people in this country who are no longer existing consciousness in this country. People who are out souls that no longer exist because people wanted tickle me Elmo that bad. People wanted seventeen inch color flat screen TVs. Th- that's the surprising part. It's not even like a sixty sixty four inch color TV flat screen. For like $100, okay, I can understand that. But for, you know, twenty like a 17-inch color monitor for $49, they're always like these random deals of like, wow, that's a great deal on remote control cars. But I guess you're doing the holiday shopping for the kids. You're Santa Claus. <clears throat> I had to take a swig of coffee there. It's late Sunday night. I'm doing the podcast solo. I probably could have figured out a guess, but I i don't know. A lot of my mind, a lot going on in the old uh, Sean Green's head. I figured, why not just do a solo podcast? I know, I, I, you know, when I first started uh, podcasting, I didn't think I could pull off a solo podcast. I've done a couple here and there, and uh, I enjoy them. And honestly, isn't that the point of podcasting, for me to enjoy it? It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm getting inundated with fan requests of how to run the podcast. No, there's... There's a bunch of people who download the podcast, and by bunch, I mean, you know, not overwhelming. I'm no, I'm no Mark Marin. I don't know why I'm like, <laughs> I was going out of my way to just like throw him under the bus. It's like, oh, hey, I'm not, I'm not Mark Marin. 
And then yeah, I guess he's successful, but then part of me, it's hard, it's hard to be jealous of someone like Mark Marin, who if you're not familiar. I mean, you're listening to a podcast, so you probably are familiar with Mark Marin at some point, but yeah, he's so miserable as a person. It's hard to really be jealous of him. Like, Oh man, I wish I had a really successful podcast so I could be like Mark Marin. Like, no, the lat like that's what you're trying to avoid. You're trying to avoid Mark Marin's life of just this tortured you're in your head, you're never happy, you're always just complaining, whining. It it, it seems like a tortured existence. It doesn't seem like something you'd want to do or, or I I don't know, it's just something you don't want to shoot for. So you associate that level of success and yeah, you know, it's not something you really want to go for. Speaking of people dying unnecessarily for things, I was watching uh, me and my buddy Ryan, co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. We were watching uh, football all day. Well, first, a quick sidebar there. People, I think of people in California, but, yeah, people in L.A. especially, because L.A., you know, it's a, it's a city where people are doing stuff all the time, you know, like, hey, let's go do stuff. Hey, let's work on our careers. Hey, there's plenty of fun things to do outside, a lot of just constant hiking going on and yeah I, I enjoy the outdoors I enjoy all that but part of me has a place in my heart for the National Football League and that's that's never going to go away I set up a nice little den in my house or in my in the living room of the place I'm living at we have two big screens stacked on top of each other we have two side TVs so we have four TVs we have the NFL ticket we're doing everything we can to rub freedom just rub freedom right in the face of terrorists all right my that's how you know America is a great country is because the terrorist leader, his man cave, is not anywhere near the quality of my man cave. And if you had to set up a ranking for where I was in the human scale, like where, you know, as far as just like we look at success in, uh, in the world, just either through power, finances, whatever kind of metric you want to use, I'm not you know, I don't know. I don't know where I fall in the uh, in the ranks of Americans, but obviously not 10 percent. I'm not I'm not a one percenter. Don't get me wrong, guys. But the leader of the terrorist organization, Osama bin Laden, he has an awful man cave. Like, how can you sell any of these guys on signing up for? Hey, you want to join the Taliban? You want to be the next Osama bin Laden? And then you look at Osama bin Laden's pad, and he's got. He's got coax cables hanging around loosely. Like, he couldn't even put together a TV stand. Like, things were going so poorly for him that he couldn't even put a TV stand together. And I get it. Hey, he thinks he's going to get, you know, 72 virgins when he dies. But is there is there nothing you want to enjoy on TV? Like, you're stuck in this compound for, yeah, I mean, I think even, uh, who is it, uh, dude from Iraq, Saddam Hussein? Saddam Hussein, like, at least got a lava lamp, I think, in his... I don't know. I don't know what kind of thing he had in his spider hole. But Osama bin Laden, come on, man. Like, I I don't know. It it would just seem like, okay, I get it. You're religious, whatever. Some sort of Muslim. I don't know. Some sort of crazy kind of Muslim. You know, there's obviously... You know, we've had Muslims on the podcast. We had a guy... uh, uh, Hamid Weinberg on the podcast. He was a Muslim fella, really nice guy, funny comedian. I don't know if uh, if you guys heard that podcast, but he, it was a good episode. I called him Mohammed at some point during the podcast, and then like when he said that, he corrected me, saying, "Oh, my name's Ahmed. 
not Mohammed. And then I realized, oh shit, I introduced him as Mohammed when the episode started. So I went back like, before I posted the episode. I've never edited anything out of the podcast. Not, uh, I, you know, I think I maybe edited one guy's name out because someone, you know, implicated him for something and used his last name. So I didn't want it. I didn't want a liability like that. But other than that, I've never edited anything out. Not. Just because, hey, fuck it, we're doing a podcast, you're going to sit, talk for an hour, or whatever, however long it goes. I'm not going to edit it out, but I edited out the Mohammed thing, because uh, I introduced him as Mohammed. And then so I said it again, and then he corrected me. So I went back and I changed it, and it sounds pretty obvious. It's like, with my special guest, Ahmed Weinberg. And it's pretty obvious, I don't know, at least to me, because I heard the original version. Maybe uh, maybe you guys missed that, but very very obvious there. And then I, and then I thought about that. I was like, oh wait, am I kind of making him look like a dick because he let it go the first time because he was just like, hey, who am I to correct a person's name? I, you know, it's a weird way to start off the show. Me introducing him by calling him the wrong name. Obviously, I don't have a producer sitting here correcting me or in my ear going, no, you just called him the lo- the long the rat the wrong name. So, uh, you know, then I edited it out. So then now it seems like he's just jumping down my throat because of the first time. But really, it was already the second time that I called him the wrong name. Getting back to my original point of people dying unnecessarily, we were watching um, football today. And uh, my buddy Ryan, they, were, they show this Red Lobster crab feast. And it's just these crabbing guys. I, I don't know. I don't know what the media wants me to think of people who make, uh, you know, crabbing for a living. But in the Red Lobster commercials, they're making it seem like, oh, this is a pretty easy gig. You just, hey, you throw out a couple traps and, uh, you know, just hang out on the boat. Like the guy, it's perfectly calm seas. The guys are just raking in buckets and buckets of crabs. Crabs are, uh, the crabs are for some reason happy to be a part of Red Lobster Crab Fest. Just literally a cavalcade of crabs, if you will, just everywhere. And then in the back of my head, I was like, no, I've watched the reality show where the guys go out crabbing. Like TLC, I feel like, makes a living off of uh, programming where guys are dying. (laughs) I mean, I'm laughing at the idea of someone giving their life so that someone else can enjoy Crab Fest at Red Lobster. That, to me, sounds preposterous. But... As humans, I mean, it's hard to make fun of these guys, I guess, because, hey, they, you know, there's money to be made, and, hey, my dad was a fisherman, whatever. It's a, you know, blue-collar trade. Who am I to, uh, you know, I'm not going to turn my back on the blue-collar community, that's for sure. But the idea that you're risking your life so that someone can have crab legs, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think, like, someone out there, you know, like a – Long John Silver's in the Atlanta metro area is eating some crab legs that possibly a guy gave his life for. That's crazy. It's a crazy connection. I don't know why I'm necessarily making that connection, but I am. I like to, you know, I'm a thinker. I like to think about stuff. I'm just going to... Sorry, I had to take a swig of coffee. was uh, laying around drinking some beer, so... Got to get my edge back, my uh, podcasting edge. That's a that's a performance-enhancing drug in talk radio. It's just a nice, strong cup of joe. All right. Well, let's see here. A couple, uh, 
Got a lot of little just anecdotes built up. I went and saw went and saw Book of Mormon. Um, I know this is why a lot of you guys tune into the podcast is to hear me review musicals. And I know it's been a long time since I reviewed a musical. I think I'm pretty sure I'm I'm trying to remember the last musical I saw, and I'm pretty sure it was Menopause the Musical. I saw it about six years ago in uh, San Francisco with myself, and set, I think I think it was something like I don't know everyone off the top of my head. I think it was about six of my aunts and my mom. Uh, they set together to have a girls' weekend up in San Francisco. So my mom was like, hey, it'd be great if you drove up from Los Angeles. We came, we hung out, we had a nice weekend together. You know, me being game, I was like, all right, I'll go up there, check things out. Uh, San Francisco, obviously, if you've never been there, beautiful city. lot to do. Make sure you take the Alcatraz tour. Obviously, you know, Golden Gate Bridge, chowder everywhere. It's, it, you know, sourdough bread bowls. People just, you know, hanging out, being liberal. It's a, it's a very, yeah, it's just like a freewheeling society. Guys, you know, in cafes, working on ideas. It's, it's what you picture in the movies. San Francisco is very much like that. Uh, overall, just cool town. It feels like, like Los Angeles feels less like a city. It feels more like a suburbs, just or a suburb because it's just so spread out, but. San Francisco really feels like a West Coast New York. Like, it's a city city. It's a real urban city. Anyway, I'm just kind of rambling about San Francisco. But went up there, had a really good time. My mom was like, your aunt, Janie, got us all tickets to Menopause the Musical. And I was like, okay, by all, does am I included in that all? Yes, you're included in that all. All right. Uh, and then, you know... Oh, you know how women, they'll do this thing where, well, you don't have to. Or, well, if you really don't want to go, you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have to. I'm not forcing you to. Whenever I've learned, I don't know everything about uh, reading a woman, but when they say stuff like, I'm not forcing you to, or obviously you don't have to, that's a good sign. Guys, if you hear that, that's a good sign that you have to do this. Now, yeah, obviously they're not holding a gun to your head and you don't actually have to do it. But whether it's going along with something, whatever, put it this way. If a a woman points out um, like plans or, you know, going somewhere, doing something, whatever, and kind of kind of gives you a natural excuse. That's what that's when you become worried, because then they're, they're kind of setting up the table for. Okay, hey, you don't have to do this thing. They, you know, they want you to be interested in whatever they got going on, whatever the thing is that, uh, you know, because they, I don't know, they're women, they have feelings and stuff like that. So <laughs> this is just me trying to figure out women. No, but I, I think there is something to when someone says, regardless, I, I've noticed it maybe more with women, but when someone says, hey, you don't have to do this. Generally, it means they want you to do this, but more so they want you to want to do it. That's the key. They want you to want to go along with whatever thing they want to do, whatever they want to check out. So I sense that, well, and I was up in San Francisco. I didn't know anyone else. It was just me and my aunt. So what was I going to do? Just hang out by myself. And I'm always kind of down for an adventure. 
So we go see Menopause the Musical, and uh, wow, I, I gotta say, I was probably one of the few straight guys in that audience, uh, you know, San Francisco, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, homosexual Americans, as uh, some would describe them, hanging out, and yeah, very gay audience, or very woman, uh, I was mostly just like women, mostly, you know, Ant types uh, hanging out, checking out the musical theater, and it was just, I honestly tried to enjoy it, and I wouldn't say it was, like, bad, but it was just, I could not relate to anything in the in the musical. It was just a lot of singing about periods. I mean, it's really exactly what it, say what you will about Menopause the Musical, they're not false advertising. You hear... Menopause the musical, you think, oh my god, I'm going to hear songs about women going through menopause, and that's exactly what you get. You get song periods, sorry, song parodies about periods, like, you know, hit the road, period, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more. I remember uh, they did a number about hot flashes, where they sang, uh, good vibrations, just a sweet sensation. And, you know, it's the cast is five women going through menopause or something like that. And they're, they're singing into microphones that are shaped like dildos about going through hot flashes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, no, it was very um, – it was the, the sexual stuff and just – Getting really involved in uh, women's issues and stuff like that or, you know, that time of the month with your mom and your aunts. It's, uh, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. And uh, ended with all my aunts going, well, that's going to be some material for you. And they were right. It was. It's a very fun experience, funny times. So, oh, to bring us back to uh, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, first off, great musical. Great production. From the guys from uh, South Park, they did a um, yeah musical basically ridiculing uh, the Mormon religion. And I, I don't know. I guess they don't give it to them. Well, yeah, the premise is just kind of making fun of Mormons. You know, the story is basically about one good Mormon and one kind of like bad Mormon, quote unquote bad, meaning like not great at being a really good religious Mormon. He's not, like, immoral. He just, you know, doesn't know all their rules and stuff like that. Getting paired up. They get sent to Africa. It's this whole... I mean, it's basically a lot like a live episode of South Park, but you're getting to enjoy it uh, in a theater. And it's... I don't know. It, it's... Uh, yeah, it was, just, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. It, it was that perfect... Um, I think it really worked well because they were kind of making fun of Mormons and they were also kind of doing, they were doing a parody a little bit. I felt like of a musical and just in kind of like their actions and kind of, and basically how they, how they put together the musical, they were kind of doing a parody of it, which worked. It was like, Hey, you know, we're just singing these cheesy songs, but it worked because Mormons are kind of inherently cheesy or quote unquote, yeah, like leave it to beaver, those kind of people. So it worked. It worked, felt right, very, uh, very good times. When um, originally, my girlfriend, who's a big musical theater fan, 
She told me, um, first off, these tickets are so gosh darn expensive. I think they're going for like 160 a pair, something like that. And uh, she really wanted to go. So she was like, hey, my friend has these tickets. They're only 120 bucks a pop. Like, uh, all right, sweet. Um, don't really have 120 bucks to pop for the tickets. Why don't we try? And I was like, all right, worst case scenario, I'm sure we can find tickets. Like, uh, I think it's running till later in November. So there's going to be a window for us to go see it at some point. Right. So kind of put it off there. And I was like, why don't we go to the lottery? Cause I, I didn't know this because uh, like I said, I don't go to musicals ever. I think Menopause the Musical, like I said, was the last musical I went to. That was probably about 2006. So good six years off of uh, the musical theater company, uh, you know, checking out films or whatever, musical, musicals. And I didn't know this, but apparently, apparently you can just, if you show up, I think it's like two hours, two and a half hours before the play starts, they have a big raffle where you just throw your name in and they raffle off $25 tickets. I think they do maybe 20 pairs of them, something like that. We get there on Friday. There are maybe 100 people there. There's a ton of people there. We throw our names in. And before they announce it, they say, well, also, these $25 tickets for the Book of Mormon – not only are they only $25, but they are front row. And there was a ton of shrieking going on in the crowd prior to that. And when they announced that it was front row, people were losing their shit. And, uh, you know, in a musical theater sense, there was a – oh, okay. And, for, well, the first guy, uh, big – you know, he struck me as like a big black teddy bear guy. He just – kind of came off as like a gentle giant and seemed kind of effeminate just uh, judging from his squeal of delight when he got his name called he's just like freaking out and we're going through the names and, and I'm thinking in my head like oh, I hope really hope we get the tickets not I mean like I wanted to go because it seemed cool it seemed like all right hey I'm down hey it's South Park guys I can, I can get through this musical I can probably even enjoy it but my girlfriend really wanted to go, so I was trying to do the thing of like, hey, you're you're really into this, so hey, I'm going to get excited for this. And she was really sold on the idea. And six people in, I get called or, or something like that. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend Tess makes a beeline up to get the tickets, get the tickets. And uh, yeah, like got, you know, had a, had a decent amount of drinks before the uh, before the play I'd also put a bet in on the uh, over the Lakers Clippers game so I was kind of checking that but I, I made a you know concerted effort not to check during the uh, during the musical itself and yeah no I mean and honestly once the musical got started it was it was good it was yeah it was funny it was um, it's a perfect level of of how South Park is in their in their uh, you know in their TV shows where it's like it's funny, kind of social commentary, a little bit wrong, but uh, great writing, great musical all around. 
Speaking of great, uh, great writing, I went and saw the movie Flight last night. I gotta say that that movie, um, the trailers do not do it justice. Because I saw those trailers and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Uh, hey, guy was flying a plane. He crashed. He was drunk. All right, eh, you know Denzel Washington. Kind of seems, uh, you know, eh, kind of seems, uh, yeah, it seems like pretty solid. Oh, it was one of these things where, like, if an opportunity arose for me to go, I would be down. But I wasn't going to, like, you know, really, really go out of my way to check out the the uh, Denzel Washington movie. My buddy Ryan was like, hey, let's go check this out. And I'm like, all right. You know, hey, we'll do a little date night, go check out uh, Flight. And, god damn, that was a great movie. Like, it was... I mean, without revealing too much, Denzel Washington, you know, flies a plane, plane crashes. You know, even in the uh, in the trailer, he says like, "No one could have done what I did," meaning he basically did whatever he could to land the plane properly. Few people did die, and then it turns out he had alcohol in his system. So now it's just dealing with this crazy moral dilemma of. These people, you know, some of the stat or some of the other flight crew knew he was drinking or, or knew he was kind of a little banged up. Now, do they essentially tell on him? What do they say to, you know, what do they say to the, the investigators? Did they lie for him? Because they all knew he was drinking or they all knew he was, you know, had drinking problems or didn't have a lot of sleep. So do they lie for him or not? Because they, they want to be honest. They're, they're honest people. They feel feel bad about it. But they also know that this guy was a hero, that he guided the plane. You know, basically a lot of lives could have been lost, and he saved some lives. But, you know, some people did die. So it, it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy movie, great movie. The crash scene, real early on. Uh, I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying that. And super intense. Just a, uh, yeah, just a great movie all around. A lot of themes of God uh, talking about in the, uh, in the in the movie. That was the other thing with the Book of Mormon. Like, I, I get that they're making fun of Mormons and stuff like that, and I'm not Mormon, so... Hey, I'm I'm down to make fun of Mormons, but I'm also I was raised Catholic and yeah, I still consider myself Catholic. I don't go to church a lot, but there is something. It's just like in my nature to be hesitant to celebrate, like making fun of, uh, basically making fun of someone's religion, just because. Like I know Mormon stuff is wacky, and I I know, you know, my logical brain knows that God isn't pissed off because you're drinking a cup of coffee. Like I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now. Obviously, I don't think we're angering God by doing that or or any of their crazy rules. But then just to like make fun of them, it, it's weird because I feel like when you make fun of someone's religion, in a way, it's it's like oh, okay, I'll make fun of someone when I definitely know a better way or a better solution. But who am I? I don't know that uh, there isn't a God. I mean, I'm almost certain that if there is a God, he doesn't care about coffee or that something else is going on in this world, in this existence, you know, that uh, obviously I have no explanation for. So I, for me, it's great. It, yeah, I say it all the time. If It just seems like supremely arrogant to say 
this is definitely what happened. This is definitely what God wants or doesn't want. This is how it all went down. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it seems supremely arrogant to just know wholeheartedly that or just to be proudly atheist and and just have such a strong opinion that there is no God. Everyone's opinion on God is that, or should be, we have no idea. We have no idea if there is a God. We we believe in that, uh, you know, there's a God and that there's something positive going on. And, yeah, we like tuning in that idea and that thought. And, yeah, that's, a, that's probably a good way to live your life. But, I don't know, to just be, I, I guess that's the whole thing of faith. Anyway, regardless of, you know, my thoughts on God, I was ordering some new checks from Bank of America and, you know, I'm not one to get, like, wacky checks. I mean, I hardly ever use checks to begin with. I just had to get checks for direct deposit because I had run out of checks. And, uh, like, honestly, when was the last time, maybe for older, you still cut some checks via mail, but you can just pay your bills all online. Like, I, I don't understand. Even if you owe someone that you're friends with money, you can just... You can just mail, you know, you can just go in your online banking, put in their address, send them via PayPal. Like, it feels like there's no real reason for you to, uh, you know, for you to have checks anymore. So anyway, you order the checks. And this is just the, the great scam of, yeah, I have to set up my direct deposit because Bank of America is charging me $12 a month because I currently didn't have direct deposit set up so to get direct deposit set up i had to buy a book of checks which was going to be like 25 bucks so i and it it's whatever i i have the 25 bucks to get the checks it's the money isn't so much the issue it's just the idea of paying money to access your money and yeah i understand they're a bank they have to make money but their whole the whole point of a bank was that, hey, I give you all my money. You can use that money to make other money so that you don't have to charge me to then again access my money. I thought that was a trade-off. A- am I wrong about banks? Wasn't that, wasn't that our deal of that like, hey, listen, I'll give you everything I own. I'll give you my life savings. I'll give you that $85, and then you can do whatever you want. And I guess apparently banks were doing whatever they want. Maybe that's where they got in trouble. But the point is, don't nickel and dime me, Bank of America. You charge me $12 for the checking account, which is insane. And then you charge me $25 for the checks. And the point I was getting to relating to God, I wanted to get. Now, I wasn't going to get some crazy, like, tropical fish design or, hey, you love chocolate, so you love chocolate checks. Like, I... Anyone whose identity, they feel like they have to brand themselves so much to get, uh, you know, like a novelty debit card. Well, maybe novelty debit card, but like novelty checks. I don't know. It just feels kind of tacky, lame. Like you're just so desperate for an identity. Like, oh, hey, it's Sean, the guy with the uh, amazing sunsets on his checks. Like. Does that really brighten anyone's day? Like, oh, wow, look at this vista. This is so, oh, this totally reminds me of something awesome. Like, wow, the $700 that I got was a lot better because of this cool, relaxing, tropical background. And the, Like, does this inspire people to have, you know, a picture of scenic mountains behind a routing number? Does that, does that, does that add to society? You're like, whoa, look at this cool 
wave background pattern. Like, they, I always just go with the generic one. Like, okay, you want to put some cute dogs or whatever? Okay, fine. I'm fine with that. Maybe some people get something out of that. I don't know. It seems like if you go out of your way to do something like that, it's, it seems like a waste to me. Anyway, they had an options of to personalize your check. So I went with a basic package, but I did know that there was a checkbox that you can hit checkbox and it's like, Hey, would you like to add this statement? God bless America. I was thinking, all right, I'm a patriotic guy. That feels like a good thing to say. God bless America. That feels right. Feels like something people can get and get behind. It's just an overwhelmingly positive message. And I know, Liberals could break it down. Oh, hey, why do you put that on your check? So a uh, separation of church and state and blah, blah, blah. And there is you have no proof of God and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, I get it. But it's a it's just a nice little thing of, hey, God bless America. All right. Oh, wait, what? God, no, God bless the world. Yeah, you could put that off. Sure. Right. It's not I'm not trying to shit on the rest of the countries in the world. I'm a fan of America, been a fan of America. Um, and I know people think like, oh, you know, I mean, you know, you're hanging out here in Hollywood and the, the thing to do is to hate, hate America. I mean, not overtly hate America, but just kind of, you know, snidely put down America, look for ways to shit on America any chance you can. And, uh, you know, obviously America's not perfect and criticizing the government, all good. Anyway. I'm meandering there. The point is, I was going to get the God Bless America checks till I saw that Bank of America wanted $4.95 to put God Bless America on their checks. Now, there's no way that's <laughs> that your your cost are of printing God Bless America on the checks is equal to 4.95. It's just not. There's no way. There's no way to add that custom text is you can make my checks completely blank. You don't need the tropical background behind it. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll, you know, that'll be fine. I'm fine with a regular check. God bless America. That should be a free option. Your, your name has America in it. Bank of America. And God bless America. You're supposed to be patriotic. Oh, it's the Bank of America. Okay. We're trying to get America started, even though we took, yeah, Bank of America, because we took Billions of dollars from the American government, and we started a bank. That's why we call ourselves Bank of America. It's not because we care about America, the people, America, the customers. No, we care about ripping off the American people. That's why we call ourselves Bank of America. Four ninety-five. You're going to profit off. God bless the statement. God bless America. America's already on the check, so you could even you could even put God bless Bank of America. I might sign off on that. Yeah, that's that might maybe that's a little bit pompous, but if that was free, if that was a free option, maybe I'd do it. Where are these checks made, Bank of America? I want to look at these checks. I have a feeling these checks are made in uh, China. I can almost bet you I'm sure they outsource that. Why wouldn't they? Why would Bank of America do anything actually in America? It's communist bastards. And I love I love getting fired up about all things America. Like the elections. You guys you guys ready to celebrate democracy? 
You ready to get out there and make a difference, huh? I don't know who annoys me more. The Oh, man. So many people on the political spectrum annoy me. And what a better time to rant on them than uh, right before this upcoming 2012 election. First, we'll start off with the conspiracy theorists. Like I said, I've always got a beef with them. A friend of mine was trying to tell me that uh, Hurricane Sandy was a result of Hurricane Sandy was the result of the government controlling the weather, man. Didn't you didn't you hear uh, Jesse Ventura? Didn't you hear what he was, uh, you know, didn't you hear his theories? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But I'm all, I also know, not being a scientist, I also know when I meet scientists to trust their opinion. Jesse the Body Ventura is no scientist, all right? Any guy who has the body in his nickname, I immediately don't trust his opinion on all things science. All right, now, Jesse the Body Ventura could find the cure for cancer, and I wouldn't believe him. You know why? Because his name is The Body. He's a guy who, there's, there's a correlation between lifting weights and not knowing good, hard science, all right? There's not a lot of guys who can do both. It's it's kind of one or the other. That's how human nature works. And that's why I know – you know why I know that the government doesn't control the weather, that George Bush wasn't behind 9-11, George Bush didn't make the towers fall? First off, the government is not that competent. If the government was that competent, they if Barack Obama could control the weather, you don't think he could control the elections? You don't think the economy would be doing really awesome and he would just breeze through this election? Like, wouldn't wouldn't he have made gas a dollar a gallon? Oh, my God. All hail King Barack Obama. Don't you think they would? I mean, really, the government's that powerful, but we can't get our own guys elected. We can't cash in on any of these campaign promises like he promised change. Don't you think he could, if they had the power to control the weather, he could come through on a little bit more change? Oh, it's all all a part of the conspiracy theory for Barack Obama. Don't you think he would have millions and millions of dollars? Or I don't know. He just, his life would be wet. Don't you think he would have awesome jet black hair? Put it this way, guys. If. He could control the weather. If Barack Obama could control hurricanes, don't you think he would have figured out a way not to go gray during office? Or is that is that part of the conspiracy plan too? Come on. You, re- you really think the government is that competent? They're that well put together. They're, they're on the same team. They got it all figured out. You know why I know 9-11 was not an inside job. You know why I know there aren't aliens? You know why I know the government doesn't control the weather? Because there's too much money in keeping that secret. There's too much money in – I'm sorry. There's too much money in revealing that secret. Human beings work – we're very simple people. Now, there would be way too many people that have to be in on these plans – What's the guy, the guy guarding the alien body? What's preventing him from taking a cell phone picture, uploading it on YouTube, sending it out there? I mean, I've seen a picture of Brett Favre's penis. You know why? Because there's money in that. 
There's money in information right now. And there you could not keep that secret. You just couldn't. There's too much money in revealing it. We saw Brett Favre's penis, all right? We would have seen an alien by now, okay? You know, you know how much they paid to see Brett Favre's penis, the tabloids? You know how much people pay or how much money there is in Hulk Hogan selling a sex tape? That's how desperate we are to see secret stuff. That's how much of a market there is for secret stuff we're not supposed to see or know about. I've seen Hulk Hogan's penis. You don't think I would have seen an alien by now? I've seen... It's another guy. Why isn't... Oh, so... (laughs) Was that a part of the conspiracy theory too? Is Hulk Hogan in on it? Oh, no, Hulk Hogan's a dumb wrestler, but Jesse the Body Ventura, he's a smart wrestler. No, is Jesse Ventura a complete idiot? No. Is he kind of a lunatic who has some crazy ideas that people find interesting and entertaining? Yeah, sure. The truth is, the truth isn't that interesting. That's why we came up with fiction. That's why people lie. That's why we invented lying, to entertain ourselves. That's why when, you know, stories go tall tales, you know why tall tales? Because the original version was fucking boring. So you had to take the truth and you had to add something to it to make it interesting. But when you get down to the very core of it, the crux of it, the truth is not that interesting. It's not. That's why it's the truth. It's not entertaining. Oh, but the government, man. Government can pull it over. They're, you know, they're just pulling the wool over our eyes. Oh, man. And these people, these people that are trying to make a difference on Facebook. Oh, man. God bless you. God bless you for trying. You're just driving me crazy. I don't know why. It, to me, it just feels like, to me, it feels like some sort of arrogance to I don't. I mean, whatever. I, I guess I, I'm probably a hypocrite because I talk about my political views or my thoughts. Yeah, that's fine. But just like you're so sure that this guy is gonna fix things, that guy is totally wrong. It, it, but you're not. You just have no. I, I don't understand how everyone isn't independent. I don't understand how everyone doesn't fall in the middle. How everyone doesn't kind of just see that. Yeah, these guys are just running a business, the business the business of being a politician. It's a great business for them, not a great business for everyone else. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Mitt Romney's the worst. Mitt Romney's the worst. Well, Obama's the worst. He's so good. <laughs> like, perfect example. Barack Obama gets all this credit for being... Uh, Basically, the gay marriage candidate. He's pro-gay marriage. I'm pro-gay marriage. But Barack Obama has been president for four years and has done nothing as far as like proposing legislation, making legislation happen to get gay marriage going. But yet still, he's the – and yeah, he said he's for it. Hey, I'm for me playing middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Sounds like a great notion, but just saying that – doesn't really mean anything and especially a guy who has that kind of power at least try and get something done in the way of a federal mandate or overturning uh, the current basically a federal ban on same-sex marriage why not at least make an effort why not why not make an honest effort then i can go all right well hey the other side blocked it or at least burn up some of your 
political capital. Hey, if they're not going to let you do anything, why aren't you at least trying? Why, uh, like proposing it, doing what you can to force the issue? He's still considered the pro-gay marriage candidate. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything pro-gay marriage. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney, who says he's against gay marriage, ironically comes from a state that's been you know, issuing gay marriages since 2003. The state of Massachusetts has been gay marriage, uh, you know, issuing gay marriages since 2003. Romney was signing gay marriage certificates or issuing, basically telling the uh, city clerks to issue gay marriage certificates since like 2003. Granted, he was against it, but still, he's the place he's governing, gay marriage is happening. The place Obama's governing, basically the federal uh, United States of America, gay marriage is not happening. But hey, he's seen as the uh, pro-gay marriage candidate. And I guess, I guess in his defense, he says he's for gay marriage, and, and Mitt Romney comes out saying he's not for gay marriage. So I guess, I guess it makes sense in that sense, but he's not really doing anything to, uh, to make that happen. Hurricane Sandy. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for, uh, I don't know what got me back on Hurricane Sandy, but the, uh, you know, I'm sure people try and politicize that, and it's just, uh, it's crazy. But the point is, uh, yeah, elections, come on. Is anything really going to change? I mean, I don't think George Bush was a great president. Did you feel like your life was a lot different? I didn't. I feel like my life's been pretty much the same my entire life. And I feel like everything, good or bad, that's happened to me has been not connected to the president or any politician at all, ever. Like, I've never felt directly, I don't know, maybe... If they legalize marijuana or something like that. I, I don't know. It's just I don't feel affected by who's in political office. And I like to stay up to date on what's going on and, and kind of remain informed. And I have an opinion on, on what's going on. But I don't care. And it just seems like people on Facebook – Especially our social media, like oh, they. What's annoying is they're not really trying to make a difference. They just like the idea of having their voice heard. And hey, add me to the list. But you're just preaching to the choir. Like they're they're posting to their Facebook friends who obviously agree with them. You're not even really trying to create any sort of honest political dialogue. It's just piling on to a side that's already been won. It it just seems like. Pointless and a waste of time. All right. Speaking of waste of time, Star Wars got sold. Another thing. People feel like, oh, my God, they're ruining my childhood. I don't know. You could still watch the regular Star Wars movies, right? Like, I, I get that it's cheapening it and somehow destroying the experience. But I, I when I watch the new Star Wars, I don't really... I don't know. For some reason, I don't really connect it, or I, it doesn't feel any less good to me. I mean, I guess I can see how it's annoying, but people act like, oh, my God, they're going out of their way to destroy you know, to destroy these people's childhoods. or Like, they, they're just so personally attached to it. I mean, what? $4 billion? You're not going to sell your 
fucking space shit for four million bucks? You typed out on some typewriter, you smoked a joint and talked about Chewbacca and fucking shit flying through space and someone offers you $4 billion, you're not going to say, hey, that's a good deal? Yeah, I know he's got a lot of money, but $4 billion is $4 billion. Yeah, he says he's going to donate it to charity or education. Again, that's a, uh, hey, good for him if that somehow helps. That would be great that our... (laughs) If I was... uh, George Lucas, I would say, like, all right, you have to, yeah, I'm going to give you $4 billion, but I'm going to have a say in the curriculum, okay? It's going to be math, language arts, and Star Wars. I would I would force them to teach Star Wars in the classes. Kids would get, you know, Star Wars school. Uh, you know, kids would have to just rock Star Wars stuff all the time. I would write myself into history. I would really abuse that power. Like, here's the thing. If I'm cutting a check for $4 billion, you bet your ass I'm going to have a say in what that money does, where it goes. And uh, I don't know. Hey, God bless him. I know Bank of America would want to charge me for saying that statement if I donated to George Lucas's campaign. But God bless him. God bless you all. Good luck in voting. I'm going to have a feeling that uh, next time we do the podcast, we're going to have a result of the 2012 presidential election that we can talk about that will not make a difference. So everyone go out there and vote. Unless you're uneducated on what's going on, then please, please don't vote. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We do it live here every week on Shanti Green. The Green Room with Sean Green. Keep up the great work. See you later. Download archived episodes at 247comedy.com and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. You should have seen she was really naive. Shit, she was still only 19. And he was many years older. But he's seen her walk by in them tight jeans. And he looked at her like my queen cause he thought that he could mold her but it's over yeah. no. Larry was a 30